0: Coming to you from the mountains and the plains. The only conservative voices brave enough to push back. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Altman.
1: That's what the Second Amendment was designed to do. If you're going to do something to to nullify or take
2: away my rights under the Constitution, come get it. Max McGuire. When you look at politicians on the left, um, they need to convince people that they are victims. A
0: resistance to the resistance and now your hosts joe altman and max mcguire
2: and welcome back to another edition of the conservative daily podcast my name is max mcguire
1: and my name is joe altman
2: <laughs> special gate guest today arthur pavlovsky before we get to him a little bit of housekeeping we're now suspended from youtube again they suspended us for the video i did on how uh, fetal cell lines were used to develop and test different COVID-19 vaccines, even though it was hundred percent accurate. They suspended us anyway. Um, so we are not on YouTube today, Facebook D live and our platform on conservative. So it's all,
1: it's all your com. fault. So it's all your fault.
2: Well, I, I appealed it ah. and they just said no. Yeah. Um, but then well, they got you immediately after for another one.
1: What? Um, which one was yeah. that?
2: So I didn't say uh, anything. I did nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You said it. You said it. Anyway, not to dive too deep, we won't be on YouTube for a week, so that'll free us up to talk about some other things. <laughs> uh, but today, without further ado, we are welcoming on Mister Arthur Pavlovsky. He is the pastor at the Street Church in Calgary, Canada. Arthur, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me.
1: Hey, so thanks for showing up. About- I want to. I want to just start this by saying um, I. Have never done like double fist bumps, <laughs> but I was doing them just watching how much courage you had against, uh, you know, what you describe. I'll let you describe it, but uh, against the tyranny that's even, you know, existing up in, in Canada as well. Thank you.
2: And we'll give you a chance, Arthur, to explain it all. And we also, in a couple of minutes, we'll play the video just for anyone who hasn't seen it. You went viral, that viral last week, for lack of a better word for having your own chasing the money changers out of the temple moment of chasing the what you call the Nazis, the Gestapo out of your church. Why don't you we always like to just take a little bit, tell our audience who you are, what you're all about, and walk us through what happened a little over a week ago.
3: Well, I as you can tell, I grew up under communist dictatorship behind the Iron Iron Curtain. I grew up seeing abuse of power, lawlessness. I've seen what a life under communism and socialism is. And I also tasted from my grandparents how the Nazis were acting, how the fascism tastes. My grandma had to hide under under a mattress where another officer was raping another young girl. I've heard the stories of um, murder and pillaging and just horrible things that the fascism did uh, to my country. And then I grew up under the boot of the Soviets. Uh, It was a horrible. If I can describe it to you, it's hell on earth living under communism and socialism. There is is no justice. There is no law. Police can come five in the morning, beat you up, torture you, throw you in jail for nothing. Just because they don't like you or they don't like your hair. That was a famous saying by the police officers in Poland that give me a man, we'll find something on him. And then you went to court expecting that the courts will vindicate. You know, the courts were in it together. 50,000 communists were ruling over 36 million Poles. So there were 50,000 masters, slave masters, and the rest of the population were just that slaves. Uh, We escaped. Uh, we escaped to Greece, uh, we did business in Greece for a number of years, and then Canada opened its borders and they said, hey, we need people like you, young people with business, um, uh, come, uh, come. And I remember the conversation we had in embassy, in Athens, Canadian embassy, where we were told that Canada is a country of freedom, that no one will be hunting us down for our fate, that we can come and work hard and achieve something. And, and we were very glad we're glad to move to a democratic country. So we emigrated in 1995 to Canada, and we started a business, we were very successful, and then God called me to a full-time ministry. And I started a a number of churches, number of ministries, orphanages, medical clinics in Africa. I've done um, over 40 ministries right now that are feeding the homeless. So that's what I do on a regular basis. I feed thousands of people on the streets of my city here in Calgary and I started about 40 ministries just like this one called Street Church around the world, different countries and different continents. I also pastor another church inside the building. So we are four times a week outside taking care of the homeless and then we are once a week inside in a church service and that's the video. That's The video that you're going to play, that's what happened in our uh, building facility. They have been chasing us for the past 13 months, just like I'm sure in most parts of the world. The world went crazy, and they love their new game powers, uh, if you will, to hunt us down. And that started 30, 30 months ago, but I'll tell you more about it when you play the video.
2: So, yeah just in case anyone hasn't seen the video, we played it um, a little over a week ago. This was this happened on the Saturday before Easter or did it happen on the Friday before Easter?
3: Well, it happened on Passover, Shabbat. On uh, Passover, we, again. Okay. Fri- Shabbat. Fridays, uh, we feed the homeless people on the streets and Saturdays, we meet inside the building. And then Sundays, we're back on the streets feeding the homeless people. So um, it was our holiest day. It was the Easter weekend. Passover, Shabbat for us, and uh, that's what happened. They were told many times not to come in. Since this craziness of COVID started, 13 months ago, on the streets, I had 12 officers coming, declaring that everything uh, we do right now, feeding the poor, taking them off the streets, assisting them, taking them to halfway housing, is now, in fact, illegal. And we are not allowed to do that. So I end up with $1,200 ticket, which um, you know made me the first Canadian clergyman to receive the COVID ticket. Uh, my parishioners were pushed, shoved, assaulted by the police officers. And uh, I was threatened with a million dollar fine if I continue to feed the poor. Since then, I received 28 tickets summons to court. Uh, I could uh, face millions of dollars right now in fines. And uh, they wanted to shut us down. I refused to comply. I kept feeding the poor. And I still, four times a week, we feed the homeless people no matter what. And from time to time, the authorities will show up. From time to time, I'll get another ticket. Um, I remember last year in December, the government of Canada declared that they're canceling Christmas. Christmas, they declared it's illegal. Uh, because of the COVID and they're canceling. You could not even vi- visit your parents, you could not visit your children, total lockdown. So I send a message to Bulgarians, to Christians, that I'm organizing the biggest Christmas party in the country and about a thousand people showed up. I fed hundreds of people uh, right at city hall in front of the mayor's windows. And um, we had over 100 police officers. We had 52 police vehicles, about 20 bicycles, uh, police on bicycles. It was a gong show. But um, they left us be. I received 11 tickets for my horrible crime of feeding the homeless and yeah. having Christmas carrollers singing during Christmas service. Uh, but I don't regret. Uh, from time to time, I would get a police. The latest was detectives coming to my home, my own home uh, during the night hours, sometimes during wow. the day hours, and the detectives would come with armed officers, assisting them to give me a ticket. Like I got, I got, you know, oh, we got props. So, so many, so many tickets. I mean, it's it's crazy. Uh, sometimes it's hard to catch up with all of that stuff. Uh, but the interesting part of the story is that the detectives are the highest pay police officers in the country. And usually they take care of of a serious crime, like, you know, rape and murder, you know, threat, a serious threat. But uh, before they started to come to my house to give me a hundred dollar ticket, it's a bylaw ticket, it's not even a a real ticket, a bylaw infraction uh, for not wearing a mask in the mall. I mean, it's unbelievable. The level of craziness here—it's—it's it's shocking.
2: So I'll remind everyone: we're going to play the video right now, and we'll play it in its entirety because you said a lot—a lot—towards the end that people really need to hear. But everyone, hit that share button if you haven't already. This is really important for more people to see. So hit the share button, and also share it to your your family and friends who are who are Christians, believers, um, COVID skeptics. Make sure we share this because we want to get this out to as many people as possible. Okay, so if you haven't already seen the video, this is the video of what happened at Arthur's Church in Hol- on Holy Week. Let's play, Mr. Producer, cut number one. Please get out. Get out of this property. Immediately get out.
4: Get out of this property. Immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. Out of this property. Immediately. I don't want to hear a word. Out. 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 Out of this property. Immediately until you come back with a warrant, out, 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 out of this property immediately out, immediately go out and don't come back. I don't want to talk to you. Not a word out of this property, out of this property immediately out. I don't care what you have to say. Out, out out of this property, you Nazis, out, out. Gestapo is not allowed here. Immediately Gestapo is not allowed, out. Do you understand English? Get out of this property, go. So go, go, and don't come back without a warrant. Out Nazi, out, out. You understand? Nazis are not welcome here. Out. And don't come back without a warrant. Do not come back without a warrant. You understand that? You're not welcome here. Nazis are not welcome here. Gestapo is not welcome here. Do not come back, you Nazi psychopaths. Unbelievable, sick, evil people. In- so, so
1: I, I want to I say something. And that is, you've you've lived a life so close to this, right? I often I often say in the United States that we're so far removed from history that we don't understand the just the the nature of what it means for a for a Gestapo, what it means for Nazis. They they've re repositioned what that means. They've re described what those words mean. Not just in the U.S., but now in Canada and everywhere else. What they're doing is actually the same thing that happened in Nazi Germany in, 19, in the 19, late 1930s and early 1940s. It's the same thing. And so what you were saying to them was a direct descriptor of what they were actually being, what they've turned into in our societies. So I, I wanna just say it's scary. It's scary because without people of, with courage, without people standing up and doing what you just did, they'd be just allowed to run amok on society and those people would disappear. Those people would disappear.
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. When you study, and I love history, right? And lots of people uh, do not appreciate history. I learned so much. You can learn from history uh, so many beautiful things. And when you actually do learn, you will not repeat the same mistakes. If you don't know where you're coming from, you don't know where you're heading. And that's just uh, the reality. Our children are not being taught history. So now they're repeating the same mistakes. And others are allowing those gangsters, masked gangsters, because that's what they are right now, to get away with the murder, if you will. When you look at the fascism Nazis, Adolf Hitler did not come to power by himself. He was supported by people with guns. He was supported by people with clubs. He had his brown shirts, army, army of people, just like the police officers today, just like the bylaw officers today, the so-called peace officers. And every time they show up, there goes your peace. Uh, there is no peace anymore. Uh, they He was using them to beat people up. He was using them just like Antifa and BLM is being used today uh, to destroy freedom of speech, to destroy every and any dissent that people... Uh, you know, uh, have a right to have. I disagree with you, and that doesn't mean I hate you. I just have a different opinion. But that's not allowed under totalitarian government. That's not allowed under dictatorship. Adolf Hitler started to come to power in the late 20s by using those brown shirts uh, to, to beat people up, to bring terror and fear. When early thirty came, he becomes the chancellor of Germany, and he turns his brown shirts, people into Gestapo. So the Gestapo was the German police at that time, and he turns the brown shirts into his own SS. And people have just absolutely no clue how everything unfolded. It was a step after step after step. He didn't just became a dictator from overnight. It took a while. It took actually over 10 years to implement his ideology and turn the entire nation and later on the entire world into a war zone so when i see officers breaking their oath when i see officers acting just like the brown shirts of adolf hitler acted before i know we are in the big trouble i know that soon the brown shirts are going to be turned into ss and the police are going to be turned into gestapo and and i have only one thing Uh, I I have to raise my voice and I have to start yelling from the rooftop, if you will. Wake up, people. Wake up. It's happening again. The history is being repeated in front of our eyes. If we don't wake up now, there will be consequences and, and you will be guilty. You have no freedom whatsoever. All your rights will disappear. You know, for Americans, you have to appreciate the history of Poland because Poland was the second country after the United States of America that actually had its own constitution. During the Soviet occupation of Poland from 1945 to 1989, uh, we had a constitution, but the police officers, the courts, and the communists did not respect our constitution. So you could say to the judge, but I have my rights, and the judge would not care about your rights. The constitution was not respected. It was the party the Communist Party constitution, that's what was uh, forced on the rest of the society. So you may think in America you're protected by the law and you have your constitution. I'm telling you, when you're going to be taken over by the communists and socialists, the constitution will mean absolutely nothing. You oh, are yeah, no. subjected to their their laws.
2: We We had a Supreme Court case just last week. A Supreme Court decision came down. It was five to four that if you want to have your own private Bible study in your home, the government's not allowed to stop you. So this was California. California was trying to impose extra regulations on people who wanted to gather inside someone's home. California said only three households, no more than three households can gather to pray inside someone's home. Five, four. We were one vote away on the Supreme Court from losing the right to pray with three or more households in our home. So I completely understand how how close we are to losing it. I was reading up on Canada's constitution on Canada's um, religious freedom and you guys have religious freedom, but there have been court cases that say you have religious freedom as long as it doesn't violate the other fundamental rights of other people. So that's how they end up being able to go after you, go after other churches uh, in a way that would never fly here in the United States because... Um, it's almost like the argument that the left here makes towards gun control. You have the right to to keep and bear arms, but we have the right not to get shot. They try to make that argument. That's what's going on in Canada with respect to religious freedom. You might have the right to pray, but not if it puts anyone else at, at risk. Before I let Joe jump in, I think what people loved about that video was it felt so cathartic, right? It was just this catharsis. We've all been waiting for a pastor to do this. Because there's so many other pastors here in the United States who, who bow their head and they, and they let the, the this Gestapo in, right? There was one uh, priest in Texas who actually turned a parishioner in for not wearing a mask. It was just – there was so much catharsis. Did it feel good? Did it feel good being able to get that out in that moment?
3: Well, I have been doing this for the past 13 months, so it was nothing new for me. The difference was that they never they they never had the audacity to come inside the building. Uh, they came to our church before, and not just the street church where we feed the poor. They came to our lo- other location, and they blocked the driveway, preventing people from driving into the parking lot, which was totally illegal and dangerous. Uh, but they don't care. It's lawlessness. It's what what they are being told to do, which is harass and intimidate Christians. They're not doing this to imams. They're not doing this to mosques. In a city of Calgary, there's a thousand people congregating inside a mosque every week. No one harasses them. No one uh, stops them. There's no health officials, no violence, no police uh, go giving tickets to imams. I have not even heard of one imam receiving a ticket in this country for the past 30 months, but I know now there are hundreds upon hundreds of Christians and pastors and priests that did receive the COVID ticket. So they tried that before. I chased them out of the parking lot. They showed up again a few weeks after that, uh, and they stayed outside of the property filming. And taking pictures of our women and children, a total intimidation, again a Nazi style, a communist KGB style of intimidations. Harassment, intimidation, fear. That's what they have. And we had to chase them away from that. You know, why you're taking pictures? That's illegal. You you know, are you a pedophile? Yeah. Why you're doing this? Right? So they left. And then this is the first time that they dared to enter the church building. And as you know, Passover. You know, it's a story of Exodus. So I was teaching on let you know, let my people go so they can worship me in the wilderness, according to God's wishes in Exodus with Moses and Aaron. So I was preparing for months uh, for that teaching, and I'm still actually I'm still continuing in that teaching. Exodus is a is a huge, amazing book. And what I had in my heart when I saw them, you know, so you got to imagine the scenario. The worshipers are preparing, the prayer warriors are starting to pray. And then suddenly I turn my head and I look and that's where those people were. No warrant, no appointment, nothing, just walking in. In the Middle Ages, in the Middle Ages, the knights were commanded. They were not allowed to enter a sanctuary because that's what the church is. That's what the synagogue is. With their swords, they they had to leave the swords outside of the building. They were not allowed to come with their weapons. But here, you got people with their weapons, with their tasers, with their pistols, with their handcuffs. How dare they? So the only thing that was coming to my mind is, get out. And I started, I think I started polite. I said, please get out. And they would not budge. They would not move. So everything started to intensify. She wanted to talk to me this head health inspector and tell me what? That I'm not wearing a mask while I'm preaching? I'm not interested. This is not the time to have a debate with with those people. You want to talk to me, make an appointment, I'll gladly talk to you. You want to inspect my facility, make an appointment, I'll open the doors for you, but not during the church service. First of all, that's illegal and that's wicked. That's evil. What they were doing is, is unbelievable. It was wicked. It was like devil himself just wanted to come to the church so i did clean the temple i kicked out the devil out and all those demons with them
1: look i i um i want to ask you a question when you when you talk about the the fact that it's legal or not legal in calgary right so is it, is it legal <laughs> to, to have church in calgary or not legal and you told them to come back with a warrant is the thing that you are afraid i know this is a fear we have in the united states is the thing that you're afraid of most is that even if it's brought in front of a judge that judge is now been converted into an activist who is just going to disregard the constitution anyway and then therefore you you there is no justice there is no uh voice of the people because it gets subverted by this communist uh gestapo or this this nazi regime and uh, so, so my question is: Are you is that a fear you have? I mean, as you have all these tickets, is it a fear that you have that you that you can't get justice? That there that there's not enough people that are woken up in the judiciary to make it so that you can actually get the justice that you deserve, and for people to be sensible about what's really happening.
3: And that's the story of Poland under the Soviets uh, Soviet occupation. That's the story in China. that is no justice that's the story in saudi arabia every country that doesn't allow freedom of religion it becomes a totalitarian dictatorship show me one country that doesn't allow freedom of religion and it's a dictatorship well, and, and so, what you said
1: though is that freedom of religion but not if you're muslim Right. So there's this there's this disparity between if you're Muslim, you can say and do what you want. We're going to rewrite media. We're going to rewrite tech and make sure that nobody can hear that message. Right. We can't hear the radicalization that's happening in that environment. We're not allowed to hear about that stuff because that's racist. It's 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 bigotry. But here they are coming after. Let's just call what it is. They're actually attacking Christianity. That that that's that's their focus is Christianity. So Buddhists are left alone. Now, now they're attacked in other nations, but Buddhists are left alone. Right. It's Christians. This is an attack on Christians specifically. That's
3: uh, that's exactly what it is. And you have to go deeper into the story. The mayor of the city of Calgary is a Muslim himself. Nahed Nenshi escaped from Tanzania with his parents because he was so radical they were so radical that Tanzania actually expelled them kicked them out for their radical anti-christian sentiments so they come to Canada finding refuge here he becomes the first muslim mayor of a major american city and uh, turns that city as a, you know against christians as a weapon to hunt and harass christians especially those that are vocal and Visible, just like me, four times a week. We're feeding thousands of people. We're very well known for 22 years. We're in the city, and he has an agenda. There is uh, no doubt that there is an anti-Christian, anti-Christian attack on us. Like I said, a thousand people in the mosque. No one is talking about them. No, no mainstream media is attacking them. But we, I run two churches. I have ministry in Africa. I. I have an orphanage, a medical clinic. I work in Barbados and Belize, you know, if you know uh, their, their black population. And half of my church, the parishioners are colored people from Asia, China, from uh, Jamaica, Africa. Half of the people I work uh, with are colored people. But mainstream media portrays, portrays me as a white supremacist and a racist on a regular basis. Yeah. I feed half of the people on the streets that I feed are native, Native Americans, uh, colored, right? So they're red and uh, Chinese as well. And I'm racist because that's what suits their rhetorics. That's the narration they're giving. When I grew up under communist dictatorship, everything that was coming out of the government and the media was a spin. They were not reporting on the news. They were always cooking the news they always prepared what they wanted the people to hear it was not the truth it had nothing to do with the truth it was the spin that they wanted the people uh, to have everywhere you know there is this ironic statements uh, coming from russia their biggest newspaper is called pravda pravda in russian language means the truth but there was no truth whatsoever ever yeah. coming from Pravda. So that's what they're doing. Am I afraid of the courts not to uphold the law? Yes, because then there goes the justice, the due process. Pro, uh, However, you gotta remember, you're talking to a guy that witnessed a revolution in Poland called Solidarity with Lech Wałęsa. In 1981, people finally had enough. And they took it to the streets. And I witnessed that with my own eyes. So I'm growing up under dictatorship, tyranny of the government, lawlessness, no justice whatsoever. But finally, people are rising up and they say enough, it's enough. They go to the streets by the millions. And that's what we need right now in our democratic countries, by the millions. They stopped working. They stopped paying taxes. They stopped cooperating with authorities totally, non-compliance, peaceful resistance. They take it to the streets. Massive, massive amount of people. In 1981, they declared martial law. In 1982, people still were not cooperating. Tens of thousands were arrested. Some were shot. Some were killed. Some were tortured, clapped to death. But you know what? People had enough. And when the people have enough the tables are turning and after that police officers had to start running because they were afraid of their own lives police officers started to be afraid for their children and their wives because the people finally said enough we're coming after you so this is what i'm fearing right now those police officers and the judges do not realize that when the people get mad And angry enough, they're going to start chasing them. And I'm fearing that some police officers will be shot. Some judges will be murdered. Because when people have no justice, when there is no justice in the land, then the people take justice into their own hands because there is no other means. There's no other way. And I said that to the police officers many times. Be careful. I've seen cops running for their lives. When you get the people, enough people get mad at you what you're doing, your guns will not be enough. You will be running yeah. for your own life and the troubles will turn. I've seen that with my own eyes and Poland is one of the best democracies on the planet Earth. They've got their freedom because they were willing to pay the price. My message to Americans and Canadians is this, how long are you going to allow them to steal your rights? How long are you going to allow the judges to be corrupted? How long are you going to allow them to strip you from everything your forefathers worked work so hard for. I mean, it's yeah. up to you. There is more of us than than them. It's just I a think, matter I think of what... people saying enough, enough, it's enough. Um, I, I am calling for an, a second Nuremberg trial. What they're doing is a treachery. Those politicians should be charged with treason, arrested, charged with treason, and sentenced to death. To jail for treason, no pension, no salary. We need a totally brand new replacement of our political arena. No more voting for this party or that party. We need something new for the people, by the people, run according to democracy, not according to parties' policies. I mean, this is insanity.
2: I think one of the things that has been shocking to so many people is they never thought it could get this bad. Obviously, you have experience coming from Poland, coming from Soviet occupation. You understand that when big government gets bigger and bigger and bigger, eventually the the thugs show up at your door. A lot of Americans, a lot of Canadians don't expect that, but we're taught to expect that, right? You look at Second Timothy, where where Christ says any, where they say anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ expect to be persecuted, right? Like blessed are the persecuted, right? in the name of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. We are taught that living a Christian life, expect persecution. Don't expect to to be able to profess your faith and practice your religion free from government intrusion. We've gotten too comfortable. We've gotten too comfortable, and we've started expecting that it'll always be there. And now when you start seeing that these health officials, you mentioned, they're so drunk with power. Yeah, these are people that before this, if they walk past you on the street, you'd never know who they are. And all of a sudden, now That's they right. have the power to d- to determine whether or not you can celebrate Passover, whether you can celebrate Easter. Like, what is it? tomorrow? Tomorrow is uh, is Ramadan. Do you expect that the Canadian officials will enforce the the bylaws against Muslims um, practicing the iftar tomorrow? Do you do you expect that they'll come down as heavy on on Muslims as they did on you?
3: No, of course not. Of course Actually, not. Someone sent me a, a video of about 1,000 Muslims celebrating uh, last Friday, hundreds of people, hundreds of cars in the parking lot, uh, no police, no bilers, no health inspectors, no, it's one love for me, one love for thee, is we're telling you we are in this together, that's the slogan the politicians are using in Canada, we're in this together, and off they go to Florida for a, a vacation with the families. Off they go to Hawaii or Barbados or Belize. I mean, we have story after story. For example, the latest one is the health chief officer, uh, Bonnie Henry, from British Columbia. That's an adjusting uh, province next to Alberta, where I live. And she just shut down the entire province, restaurants, everything. And you know what she did? She, she took what? her chopper, because she has her own chopper, and went to see her family. And then she tells you, stay home. You're not allowed to travel. You're not allowed to do anything. And off she goes on her private chopper uh, to do the very thing she's telling you not to do. And if you dare to do it, you will be punished to the fullest of the law. Hypocrisy. Like I said before, we need to rise up and we need to take that power away from them. And the only way I know how to do it peacefully is noncompliance, Martin Luther King Jr. style. I will refuse to obey your laws. I will not do it. But we, for that, we need numbers. We need millions of people to rise up and
1: take back our lives. So so I want to talk about the numbers part real quick. We have the numbers. But Pastor, I have to tell you this. and, and and, And maybe you can give me your thoughts on this specifically. The reason we are here, and I'll use Martin Luther King's words, is because the church has been uncourageous, ineffectual, has not stood up, has, has, has taught that we should stand with the status quo. So collectively, the church is responsible. I, I'm just saying it. The church has to have courage first. See, those parishioners will follow the pastor. They will follow the church. They will follow that lead. But up until this point, I feel like the church, and I can go all the way back to 1963, and I'll pull it up and, and actually talk about those words that uh, Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King, actually said in the Birmingham, Alabama jail in April of 1963 is that th- th- there's no speaking up. There's no, it's just accepting what the society throws at them. So the reason why we're at this place right now is because the church has been quiet, right? The pastors have not led effectively. They've been infiltrated. I'm going to say it. I think they've been infiltrated by pastors that do not have courage, do not have the courage that you have. Right? And so as a result, it's also the way we'll get out of this. Like The way we got in, into it is by not having effective leadership with God at the helm. It's why God has been stripped from our society, unless you're a Muslim. It's why we've actually let all of the things happen where we've had this erosion of ethics. But the way to get it back is for the church to actually step up. And start talking and That's preaching right. God and, and being courageous. Courage is more infectious than fear. Yet we haven't gotten to the point yet where pastors, except for you, and there's others like you, are willing to take the chance to stand up to government and say, listen, it's, it, it, you're not the one that gets to make the rules. We're not slaves. Right? So, again, I, right. I don't you know what you have to say. Right. Go ahead. Sorry.
3: You know, uh, for the past 16 years of a public public life, I was on uh, radio kicked out and TV programs kicked out because they did not want to hear what God is saying. You're absolutely right. I'll tell you what happened. 40, 50 years ago, our pastors walked away from the real gospel. What is the gospel? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That's a gospel of action. Jesus didn't say, I love you, and sat on his throne. He said, I love you, and he came and became a man, and then eventually died on the cross and rose from the, uh, from the grave. He did something. The book of Acts is a book of action. Apostles didn't sit at home and did not build synagogues and temples and churches and cathedrals. They went to the people. Jesus' ministry was all about the people, the sinners. That's why he was called a friend of sinners and a glutton and drunkard because he hang around with the people that the Pharisees and Sadducees, including the Pharisees and Sadducees of today, would never dare to hang around with. So, what you have? You have a replacement from an amazing church, a powerful church of the Book of Acts, where Jesus was showing up, signs and wonders, when people were healed, when the shadow of apostles was healing people, And they were on the go, doing, feeding the poor, preaching the truth. Even though the government said, don't do it. They said, you be the judge whom we are to obey. You or God. And then chapter 5 says, we must obey God rather than men. So clear instructions. We don't work for you. We work for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But 30, 40, 50 years ago, something happened. The pastors became prosperity preachers they became prosperity pastors it was about have your best now have your comfortable life now what you can get from God now the prayers of the Christians are God give me give me give me give me give me give me more of this I want this I need job I need another car I you know we have turned the church into um, a machine that when you put your toonie then it comes a bar or a pop We just want something from God. Let me suggest this to you, that Jesus has done everything for us already. We have everything we need. We don't need more. He died for our sins. He rose from the grave, and He says, everything I've done for you, now you go, and greater things than I you will be doing as well. So the pastors, let's go to the clergymen, the priests and the pastors and the rabbis and, you know, all the clergy people. We have replace the real gospel, the real church, the church of Jesus Christ, into a church that actually smells and looks like the church, the temple of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Jesus says to you and me, you go just like I did, just like the apostles, just like the prophets, you go to the people. But the clergymen of today say, no, 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 no. We will build monuments for ourselves, denominations, and we want the people to come to us we will wait for them just like the pharisees did before compromise selling jesus for silver and gold for the bowl of soup bowl of soup is comfort is i want this now give it to me now so we don't have real shepherds anymore because a real shepherd uh carries a staff and a stick and fights off fans of the wolves the real shepherd is willing to die for his sheep because god entrusted him with the sheep that's his job to lead them into the green pastures and still waters and fight the enemies right now what we have is clowns from the pulpit entertainers i call them entertainers they're joking around they're making people feel comfortable nice and and that's this approach is not bringing any church is uh, any change is is like going to a movie theater And watching a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie, but it's not really changing you at all. We have entertainers. Our worship is not worshipping Jesus anymore. I attended churches where the worshippers did not even mention that name that is above every other name. I attended churches where the pastor preached the word without even mentioning the name of Jesus. Not once. And then I attended many, actually hundreds of churches Uh, when I was even preaching as a guest speaker that don't have a cross. Why, I ask? Because the cross offends people. We don't want to offend anyone by not offending the devil. We have offended God. And that's the reality. We have weak leaders, sold out, traitors, Judas Iscariots, and we've replaced the theology for a feel-good social club. Churches are social clubs. You go over there like no different than bingo, poker game, uh, you know, just a a, a get-together with friends for a beer. That's what the church has become. You don't want to say the truth because the truth will offend people. You don't want to preach. You don't want to pray. You don't want to mention the name of Jesus because people will run away. You got to be politically correct. You got to be nice. You know, Canadian churches, they want to be nice. But Jesus was not nice. Jesus was the biggest offender... You find in the Bible, he called people names. He overturns the tables. He makes himself a whip and he whips the people telling, you've turned my father's house into a den of thieves. We don't have leaders like this. We have entertainers. I call them clowns. They're juggling before people so people can feel good. I always say to them, I always say to my parishioners, I am not here to entertain you. I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to kill you. My job Amen. as a pastor is to kill you, to kill your ego, to kill your ambitions, to kill your flesh, to bring you to the to the throne of God, to bring you to the cross so you can die. And when you die, you can pick up that cross and follow Jesus Christ. If it the father his son, and it cost his son, Jesus Christ, his own life and the blood, you really think it's not going to cost you anything? We have replaced yeah. the real truth of the Bible into some kind of a sick hybrid of mixture of religion and feel good messages it looks like G- like like people have have made an idol in their hearts they created Jesus after their own desires their own yeah. heart and they are worshiping Jesus but that's not the biblical Jesus that's not Jesus that said to Herod oh you fox that was the greatest insult. At that time it's like saying to North American Indian saying, Oh you coyote, that was a greatest insult because coyotes are cowards. Saying to to uh, Herod Oh you fox, tell that fox that's an insult saying that he is not truthful, he is he's just a liar, a cheater. Tell that cheater the liar that I'm not going to see him. You know?
1: you, you know you, you, you I I I am so fired up by what you're saying. Right. Because the things that you're you're speaking of is that what feels good doesn't often do good. And what the churches of today have done has said, hey, let me make you feel good. Let me let me entertain you. Let me make you walk away from your saying that was a good show. Right. We, we, we want we want a show we don't want accountability. We want one more day of opportunity, one more day of can we make more money? And churches have become places where, hey, just give. We want you to be abundant so you can give us more so we can perpetuate this entire this entire process, I want to read something because you actually said it. You actually said it in your words. And I don't know if, if you've gone through and studied this, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, but I have. I've studied every part of it, uh, of him and, and his mission and what he did. And they've, they've even turned him into a clown show, right? They've even taken his words and misinterpreted them, right? But he stood with strength. And even back in the 60s, they did everything that they, they could to cut him out. So I want to read this part of the letter. There was a time when the church was very powerful, and in the time when the early Christians rejoiced at being deemed worthy to suffer for what they believed. In those days, the church was not merely a thermometer that recorded the ideas and principles of popular opinion. It was a thermostat that transformed the mores of society. Whenever the early Christians entered a town, the people in power became disturbed and immediately sought to convict the Christians for being disturbers of the peace and outside agitators. But the Christians pressed on in their conviction that they were a colony of heaven, called to obey God rather than man. Small in number, they were big in commitment. They were too God intoxicated to be astronomically intimidated by their effort and example. They brought an end to such ancient evils as infanticide (laughs) and gladiatorial contest. I've always had a problem with that word. Things are different now. So often the contemporary church is a weak, ineffectual voice with an uncertain sound. So often it is the arch defender of the status quo. Far from being disturbed by the presence of the church, the power structure of the average community is consoled by the church's silence and often even vocal sanction of things as they are. But the judgment of God is upon the church as never before. If today's church does not recapture the sacrificial spirit of the early church, it will lose its authenticity, forfeit the loyalty of millions, and be dismissed as an irrelevant social club with no meaning for the 20th century. Every day I meet young people whose disappointment with the church has turned into outright disgust. That, Pastor, is what we're dealing with right now. This letter could have been written yesterday. And yet it was it was it it foretold what we're dealing with and why we're dealing with because we lacked the courage, we lacked the commitment, we lacked the the ability, the authenticity to stand up for what we believe in because we're so worried about can I preserve that one dollar? Can I preserve that one opportunity? Can I have my job for one extra day?
2: And it's it's universal we're
3: seeing right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 everywhere. You know. Um, I received tens of thousands of phone calls and emails and texts in the past few days. uh, But a handful of pastors that actually contacted me. uh, That's very sad. Not one pastor contacted me from Calgary. Can you imagine? Not one pastor contacted me from Alberta. Can you imagine? <laughs> you know, So I got people from all over the world telling me I started some kind of a spiritual awakening revolution and people contact me and they, now they got courage to do the same thing and they wanna push and they wanna stand up and, and yet the clergymen are as a whole silent, cowardly. The Bible says in Revelation, cowards, fearful, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. They don't want to lose their status, the charitable status. They don't want to lose their their image. They want to preserve their image. They're nice people, right? But nice people do not change anything. It's good people that do. People that obey the word of God that change the world. And Martin Luther King Jr., he was not a perfect man, but he did his best and he paid ultimate price with his own head. So I I remember about three years ago, God spoke to me. He said, I am about about to bring a division like never before. You have never seen a bigger division that I'm about to bring. And he said, I'm going to divide the sheep from the goats and the sheep from the wolves. And I had a vision and I saw a fence and people were sitting on a fence. So that's the church of today. People are sitting on the fence and they're enjoying the ride. They don't want to be either here, not in the kingdom of God fully, and not fully in the world. So they're kind of enjoying themselves. Oh, I'm a Christian, right? I'm a good guy. I go to church every week. Yeah, I live like a devil for the rest of the week. I don't really believe half of the Bible, but I'm a Christian because um, I go to church. And God says, and then I saw a shakening. I saw God shaking this fence and i started to see people falling to the left and to the right from that fence and then he said to me this when i'm going to be done no one will be sitting on a fence people will have to make a choice it's like the story of joshua when he says to the people choose ye this day whom you are going to serve if it's god serve him if it's the idols of the forefathers or the you know of the land then serve them but God is demanding right now from his church to make a choice. He's raising up his remnant. He says, he's looking at the church of 21st century, and he is vomiting us out. He says, I can't stand you anymore. You're no different than the Pharisees of old. You're the same. You're disgusting. You're so disgusting right now that I have to vomit you out. And that's what he's doing. He's vomiting his church out, but out of the ashes, He's raising up the real deal. He's raising, his, he's raising up his yeah. remnant, the real church. Because we got to remember that God is not like a man. He cannot lie. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have to remember that he says he's coming back. We know he's coming back for a glorious church, powerful church, church filled with signs of wonders and his Holy Spirit present. We don't see that church today. So he is purifying us. For all the people, all the Christians that are watching this, I want you to know God is doing this. He's purifying his church. He's intensifying the fire because only through the fire the purity of the gold can come. All the dirt needs to be removed. He is He is polishing this diamond that we are. We are diamond in the rough. He is looking for the church that will be doing greater things than he was doing. So what you're seeing right now is the greatest separation from the false, from the lying, deceiving, from the real deal, the chaff and the real deal. So I'm excited, actually, because I see churches popping up left and right. I see people saying, I even talked to a lady today, she did the church. In British Columbia, they shut down the churches. And Laura Lynn Thompson, she is a Christian. She organized a church service outdoors. She said to me, you know, if they're shutting down the buildings, we're going to have the biggest building on the planet Earth, which is the whole Earth. We're going to go out there to the, you know, to the street corners, to the parks, and we're going to have a church over there. Uh, Next week, I'm going to... Uh, Manitoba, another province, and I'm doing a church service on the steps of the courthouse. The courts have declared that churches are illegal, and essential, So we're going to have a church service right on the steps. This is our time for the lions to rise up. You see the difference between the church of today and the church of the B- Book of Acts. Now the churches are being run by hyenas. Hyenas are satisfied yeah. with the leftovers. The Book of Acts church was being led by lions lions go for the fresh keel they're not satisfied with the leftovers from the table of the enemy that's the difference we're being led by hyenas people that are hired guns the bible calls them they're not real shepherds they're doing this as a career it's just a job to them and they desperately don't want to use lose their job real shepherd doesn't care about the money a real shepherd doesn't care about the incentives The real shepherd is doing this job because he obeys. Rebellion, disobedience to the word of God is a spirit of witchcraft, a spirit of divination. I remember when I travel and I go to churches around the world, you know, before COVID, of course, now everything is shut down. Um, I remember asking Christians this uh, simple question. So, you know, sometimes there were thousands of people listening Uh, at the auditorium and i would ask them this question so you're christians right i want to see the hands who is a christian and the whole auditorium we're christian i'm christian i'm christian okay fine that's fair you're christians so that means you're followers of christ right yes okay okay fine that's that's cool what was the last time you did what jesus did quiet everybody's quiet okay okay let's go back what did jesus do Because there is this famous saying, what would Jesus do? No, 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 no. Jesus is still the same today. So what did he do and what he is doing today? He feeds the poor. When was the last time you fed the poor? He preaches the gospel to all creation, everywhere he goes. He brought the kingdom of his father. When was the last time you opened your mouth publicly to your neighbors, in front of the media, in front of your bosses? What was the last time you actually did what Jesus was doing? What was the last time you were casting out demons? What was the last time you lay hands on the sick and he recovered? What was the last time that you were attacked viciously by someone because you preached the truth? Last week. And there's total <laughs> silence <laughs> no, in the no. auditorium, right? Yeah. Total silence because now they realize they're just playing a game of Christianity. They're not real Christians. Because who is a real Christian? Is the one that obeys. If you're not obeying Jesus Christ, if you're not doing what Jesus was doing, if you're not following on the steps, you know, of of the book of Acts, which continues today. It never ended. Just because those guys died, it doesn't mean that, that the book of Acts ended. We're continuing. The book of Acts today. So when was the last time you did what Apostle yeah. Paul did? They stood before the courts and they said, we must obey God rather than men. Boom! They get the heat, They get the yeah. tickets. They get the, you know, harassment. And some paid with their own lives. But they were moving forward. They were continuing yeah. doing what Jesus was doing. So suddenly people realize, oh, oh we're not real Christians. And that's the problem. That's what you were referring before. That's the problem. We've walked away from Jesus and we have a hybrid idol that we serve in most of our churches. That's why the churches are not rising up because they got no power of the Holy Spirit. That's why the pastors are not speaking because they got no spirit of the living God in them. It's a career to them. And when you have a career, when you're just a theologian, let me just say this to you. To be a good teacher You don't have to have a a spirit of God at all. You can fool a lot of people by your clever words. You can be a good pastor, right? Without the spirit of God, and many people will not even know the difference because, oh, he's so loving, he's so nice. He's such a loving man. he, He preaches such amazing sermons. You know, Joe Osteen, oh, what a wonderful guy. He always smiles and he loves you so much and he wants you to have your best now. Jesus says, pick up your cross. But this guy says, you can have your best now, right? So those two things, you you don't have to have a spirit of God to fool people, but to be an evangelist. Try to evangelize without the Spirit of God. You get such a beating of your life. Yeah. Then try to be a prophet of God without the Spirit of God. You're going to speak some nonsense that will never come to yeah. pass. And then try to be uh, try to be an apostle, you know, without the fire of the Holy Spirit. It will go nowhere. So what yeah. we have in our churches right now, we got clever teachers, clever pastors, but we don't have apostles, real apostles, real evangelists, you know, real prophets of God, real apostles, yeah. real uh, evangelists. And that's why the enemy has fooled the people into believing that they're Christians yeah. while they're not Christians. They're not Christians. They're just yeah. like Jesus says to them, maybe this will be too hard, I'm going to say it anyway. Just like Jesus turns to them and says, your father is the devil, That was shocking to those religious people. Today, I can say the same thing. Majority of people, majority, 99%, maybe this is too high, maybe 90% of the people that go to church, they are the sons of the devil. They're not the sons of God. They're not born again, fired up Christians. That's why they're cowardly. That's why they're not speaking. That's why they're not standing. That's why pastors prefer to keep their Zoom chats open instead of their churches open. What a shame. What a shame for a clergyman to shut down his church and open a Zoom chat. What a shame. I'm not against technology. We're using Zoom chat right now because we, we don't have any other means to meet. Good, use every technology is being available to you. But do not forsake the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. You
2: yeah. know, you when, know it, well, it, when, when, when we saw your video, um, something jumped to my mind. And that's Romans chapter 8. And at the end of Romans chapter 8, it, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as is written... For your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That, when I saw what you were going through with with the police coming in, I, I was, I remembered that passage because it's straight from the Bible, right? It, who, who is going to separate you from your parishioners? Who are, who's going to try and separate the p- parishioners from God in Holy Week? It's right, it's right there. It's the rulers. It's not the angels who are coming. It's the rulers, right? The, the, the tribulations, the persecutions. You, you talk about what people need to do. People need to realize being a man or a woman in Christ is not supposed to be comfortable. You talk about getting into the street, feeding the poor. Right, it, you're, it's not supposed to be comfortable. You're not supposed to be able to be a Christian and live your whole life in air conditioning. Right? It, it's not supposed to be like that. You you have to go That's to right. the people. You have to you have to be present. And what you said about the zooming is absolutely right. Technology is great. We wouldn't be able to interview you without technology, but you lose so much. So I, I was just struck by that. And I don't know if you consider yourself to be a martyr or not. I mean, technically, you probably have enough tickets to be classified as a martyr. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you can but see yourself, but a I lot got, of people I, do.
3: I got 28 COVID tickets, but before that, I received 300 other tickets for illegally feeding the homeless, illegal, illegally preaching. I have been arrested dozens of times, and I faced over 100 court cases. If you're interested in a deeper story, you know, now it's the COVID thing. But before that, I have been hunted down by the authorities uh, for many years. You can watch it on a documentary I've done. I it's called "Street Advocate," Street Advocate, because I started to defend the poor on the streets of Calgary, and for that, uh, I was arrested a dozen of times. I was, um, I was discovering uh, and talking about uh, corruption in the government, corruption in the shelters. So they hunted me down for many, many years. Actually, took me ten years to fight them, attorney general, minister of justice, number of premiers, number of mayors, counselors. I mean, it was a gong show, but I stood my ground and I prevailed. I got about 300 tickets from that time. And now I got 28 COVID tickets, I call them. But I'm still there. I didn't shut down the church. I didn't shut down the ministry that feeds the homeless. We're still, yesterday, it was yesterday, we fed hundreds of people, I don't know, 500, maybe more. We were there for hours feeding the poor on the streets in front of the mayor's window because I brought the whole church in front of the mayor's window, in front of the city hall in Calgary when they were hunting me down as a statement. You can't treat us like this and we will not bow just because you say so. My God is bigger than you, God. Who do you think you are, you uncircumcised Philistine, to defy the armies of the living God? So um, when you fight giants in the land, you have to fight those giants with the authority of Jesus Christ. That's why some people, I've, uh, you know, I've seen some restaurant owners trying to copy what I did in the church, telling the authorities, get out. But they, they are making a huge mistake. They think that just by saying the words, they're going to fend off the wolves. doesn't work that way. You have to do it with the authority of the Holy Spirit, with God. God has to be with you. Also, you cannot allow the enemy to say a word. The moment you engage yourself in that fight, you don't want to listen a word that they're saying. Out, and that's my final word to you. Get out, get out, get out. And yeah. only then they will have to bow before your authority when you got God. You have to have the Holy Spirit angels working with you and you have to make up your mind that that said, I'm willing to die on this hill, but I will not give them an inch. As you can see, when we watch the video again, she tried many times
2: to to take
3: my authority over, you know, her authority. She wanted to implement her authority on me and I just didn't allow her. This was not the time to give an enemy an inch. The only message, if they stayed there for a week, I'll probably lose my voice, but I would be repeating the same thing. I'm not talking to you. Out, you Nazis! Out, get out of this building. And they eventually left. They hesitated. There was a fight going on. It was not easy. As you can tell, Some, a friend of mine, he counted over 30 times I had to tell them to get out. And eventually... Yeah. Their spirit had to bow before my spirit, which is the Holy Spirit that God has given it to us. So as Christians, we have to understand we do not fight with flesh and blood. Yes, flesh and blood was represented there. So you Mm -hmm. speak to them as well. But ultimately, we are fighting with principalities and powers. and we have to address them as well. So,
1: you know, there's no other way. Yeah, and what was interesting about what you said is that on our show on Friday, I said we have to embrace the word no. You need to wear a mask. No, you need to close your churches. No, you have to get a vaccine. No, I don't. No, the word no. So we say yes to the things that we we need and no to the things that violate God. <laughs> right? At some point, we've got to get to the place where that courage is in what you did. It was, they did not have a word edgewise. They couldn't say a word. You weren't you weren't hearing any of it. And therefore they had no power. Because right then, the power of them actually getting an opportunity to speak to you is that they try to reason through. They try to create an opening for themselves so that they can actually gain control, power over you. And by That's standing right. up That's and exact. saying, no, I... get out, you, you actually set a limit. You said, look, and people often say, Pastor, that, the, the, is this the hill to die on? I would argue that our faith, the ability to be fed spiritually, is a, always a hill to die on. Making sure you keep God in your community, keep God in your society, that you're allowed to openly preach about about Jesus. Those are hills to die on. Yet those are the hills that yeah. we run away from the most. Because it yeah, takes yeah. away the things that we think are representative of what we should be doing as people. And that is just go out and make money and have a job and have a career and then retire and, you know, just be a good person, right? While forgetting about actions, I always say faith is one thing, but faith without actions is something completely different.
2: In the comment yeah. section, you know, Alex just me. said, Alex just said in our comment section that he wishes you would have said, I, I order you out in the name of Jesus Christ. Cause we probably would have seen some fireworks some demons leaving these people if you had gone the full exorcism route there. Um, but no, we're wrapping. We're coming up against the hard break for the hour. And I know you you set aside an hour, so I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but how can people support your ministry? How can people find you? Because obviously you have a lot of fines. You have, you're in need of support monetarily spiritually um how can people find you to to lend their support
1: before before you say that because there'll be tens of thousands of people that will watch this podcast right so i want to say this if you can support if you can support what pastor palowski is actually saying right and doing if you can support him do it you can financially support yeah, him if you can in to do that Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. You know,
3: before I go that there's something more uh, way more important than uh, people supporting me right now in my heart. I want to address those two things. I did everything I did, I did in the name of Jesus. When Jesus was casting out demons, he didn't say and demon come out in the name of Jesus. Yeah. The words that he was articulating was the power on its own. What I said, I believe because I was preparing for months for the Exodus uh, sermons. Uh, Let my people go so they can worship me in the wilderness, God said, right? I had this on my heart. I was preaching about it, and I said, get out in the authority of God and the Holy Spirit. Yes, maybe for the purposes of video, adding in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth would be better for the viewers, but I didn't say anything That was not in my heart at the time at the direction I believed that God was giving me, which was a very simple message, not complicated. Out, get out in the name of Jesus, you know, get out in the name of Jesus Christ. But, you you know, when Jesus is casting out demons, he's not saying in my name I command you to to go out. He just says out, out of him. That's it. He doesn't have to say anything more. Going back to the to the to the thing you said um, about um, when you were saying when you were speaking, a uh, one image was coming to me was the the martyrdom of Stephen. And Stephen, you know, you were talking about dying on this hill, and I hear that from time to time. People say, "Is this the hill to die on?" But you know. Look at the life of Stephen. Stephen is a young deacon. He is just a young Christian. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. God is giving him uh, wisdom to talk to those Pharisees. And I'm sure he could play it differently and he would be still alive the next day. But he gave his best under the instruction of the Holy Spirit. He stirred the pot. They hated it. And he paid with his life. But let me suggest something to you. Because he gave his best and he said what he believed that God was giving it to him at the instructions of the Holy Spirit. He dies and that's the only recorded moment where Jesus himself stands from the throne to welcome his first martyr. Would you like to become that Stephen guy that Jesus himself stands up to welcome into his kingdom? Can you even grasp the idea That Jesus is standing up from his throne, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of heavens and the earth. He looks at his beloved son, his Stephen, that is about to die. And he gives him the words to speak. He knows those words are going to seal this man's fate. But he says it anyway. He stands up to welcome his first martyr. I think we have to understand that maybe some things will not make sense to people, that some things that we're doing will be not considered wise. But at the direction of the Holy Spirit, you gotta do what God commands you to do. When He tells you to stand up and preach the truth, even though they say, if you say this, I'll shoot you dead, you have a choice to be a coward and cowardly fearful will not inherit the kingdom of god on to or to do what you know that you know that the holy spirit is telling you to do that's the choice that we have to make and unfortunately what i see right now in the western countries is that the choices that people are making are not god's choices i don't want to be seen in the news i don't want my uh, neighbors to laugh at me oh i don't want to be seen by my teachers or the teachers of my children, or what the colleagues will say. I will be a laughing stock, uh, or I will lose my job. I will get a ticket. You know, pastors told me they don't wanna do what I'm doing because they might, they might get a ticket. They might get a ticket. Can you imagine how pathetic the church is today that you're terrified, not that you're going to lose your head, like in Arabic countries, Muslim countries. No, 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 you're terrified, not because they will throw you in jail, you're terrified because they will give you a stupid infraction ticket. I mean, that's how low we have fallen, you know. So how can people get uh, to find us? It's very easy. Arthur Palosky TV. That's my YouTube channel. Uh, some videos, of course, are being removed because the censorship is unbelievable right now. And then another YouTube channel is Street Church Calgary. I am on Facebook, Artur Palosky And also, uh, if you want to support, of course, I just talked to a lawyer before this show. Uh, We are hiring a lawyer, a very good lawyer, criminal defense lawyer, to go after those people. Uh, We're going after the government, not the police. I I respect police still. It's it's harder and harder to respect them. Uh, But I still respect the uniform, and I hope that some of those officers will come to our side. But I want to sue the politician. I want to go after the villains, the wannabe dictators, the pharaohs of the land, and I want to sue them. I want to hire a lawyer to go after the politicians and make them accountable for all the lies and misinformation and cheating and doing this to us. So, uh, of course, as you know, lawyers are crazy expensive. That's why my son... Is starting to be a lawyer right now because a <laughs> father like that he needs a lawyer uh, in house. You right? need one in the family, okay? Yeah. So art art, A-R-T at streetchurch.ca. Now you can send e transfer if you want. You can see us on www.streetchurch.ca and uh, use a PayPal or you can send me a check if you want. Make it to Street Church. Everything goes back to the church. Seventeen forty. 25A Street Southwest, Calgary, Alberta, T3C1J9 is the postal code. And uh, thank you guys so much. I The final message I have for you, for me, for everyone, we all have been shaken and that that's the truth. I have been shaken too. When the authorities are hammering you at the level they're har- hammering me right now, physically and spiritually, you're shaken because the authorities are powerful and the guns are real and they have real, real bullets in them. But my God is bigger than their God. And I always pray, God, give me the strength and the boldness. When the apostles were beaten and tortured, they came together and they prayed for what? Not for the removal of their enemies, but for the boldness to keep preaching the word of God. So we need boldness. And also, also what we need, we need to come together. Enough of division, enough of the division. We have to come together and forget about those things that, uh, you know, bring division. And we have to focus on what unites us. The name of Jesus that is above every other name. The blood that paid for you and for me. The cross that this happened. There is one church only, two flocks, but one church. Jesus doesn't have 10,000 denominations. He only has one church, his remnant. So we have to come together and start working together, blessing each other, um, you know, forwarding the information, exchanging the information, going out there and preaching the gospel because that's the only thing that is going to set those captives free. Your wishful intention, your nice preaching. You're being a nice Christian is not going to set the captives free. The Bible says that the truth, his truth, will set the captives free. And that's what we have to do. That's what I did yesterday. That's what I did on Friday. That's what I did on Saturday. That's what I'm doing today. Today is the day of salvation. And today we have to go out there and let the people know that there is hope, especially now when people are suicidal when people are hooked on drugs and alcohol, when everything is shut down and they don't know what to do. We're living in a hopeless society. And you and me, we have the answer. We have hope and the hope has a name, Jesus Christ. We have to give it, that life, to them. Do not be afraid, the Bible says. 365 times for every day of the year, the Bible says, fear not, fear not, fear not. Do not be afraid. Why? Because if God is for you, who can be, be
4: against. against you
3: you know the bible is very simple but we have to go back to the bible god made it simple that anyone can understand
1: back to we basics. have
3: to go back to the basics
1: yeah. well well i want to tell you i'm going to connect with you um after this show so if i i think that uh, apollo has your information i'll connect with you and and see if we can get some updates from you also i just would love to just have a conversation off offline and uh yeah, so I just appreciate you coming on the show. God bless you.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much for yeah. having me. And let the fire go. Wildfire, his fire, unstoppable fire. Let it touch. My hope is that others will be encouraged. You know, look at me with broken English, an immigrant to this country. And if I can do it, I'm telling you, you can do it because the same God that saved me and empowered me, that's the same God is in you. You just have to say, here I am, Lord. I am not the most talented guy. Uh, you know, probably there are 10,000 guys around here better than me, more qualified than me, more knowledgeable than me, with the better English language skills. But here I am, Lord. If you want to use me, here I am. Use me. If you want to use a little me, use me, Lord. I'm willing to be used. I love you so much. You died for me. I'm willing to die for you. Now,
4: well,
1: yeah. jinquia.
3: <laughs> <Polish>. Good one. <laughs> Not, yeah. my, my, thank my, you in Polish.
1: My, my kids are uh my kids are half Polish. And so uh their mother is Polish. And that
3: explains Polish. a lot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that,
1: <laughs> oh, hey, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you guys. God bless you. Alright, God bless you.
2: All right. Thank you, Arthur. So we're gonna be back on the other side of the break. Um when we when we come back on the other side of the break, we're gonna be talking about um the protests that have erupted in Minnesota. So don't go anywhere, we will be right back.
0: Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call-to-action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top.